0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: hi guys cookie from the non-league treatment room quick message about one of our sponsors tread tread offer top quality grip socks for all types of sport available in a range of different colors tread won't let you slip check the link out in our bio on social media or in the description below to get yours ready for pre-season Hello everyone, welcome back to the Non-League Treatment Room for episode seven. And today we have another banging guest in today, and I'm looking forward to this one. It's a uh, someone who I know very well and had the pleasure of working with during my time um, at Barwell, actually. And so I'm looking forward to getting into this one. As always, I'm joined by Dave O, who's alongside me. Are you okay? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Are you? I'm good. It feels like a lifetime since we did
2: this. I was literally just about to say that. Well, Jimmy's
1: Jimmy's went out. Yeah. Jimmy Armisen's and. uh been a while since we've done another one, but we're back and we're going to get this one out ready for you to listen.
2: It's a good one as well. That's it.
1: As always, thanks to everyone who's listening. And if you are, make sure you're just following all our socials and just sharing it and coming along with the journey. We appreciate it uh, every little bit. So let's get into this one. In the treatment room today, we have someone who is well known in the non-league world. His passion for football speaks volume and dedication is second to none. There isn't many players, managers, coaches, fans this man doesn't know. And he's all about football and he's been on some journey, just to, to, just to say the least. Um, the last couple of years, he's, do, he's been doing a remarkable job at Nuneaton. So please welcome Jimmy Janelli.
0: How are you, Jim? Dave, how are you? Andy, how are you, my oh friend? Good. Very, oh, very I, choked, good. I, I don't know, a bit of choked up on that. There. Yeah, that he's got to you, this one has. Yeah, that,
1: <laughs> uh, just, uh, just words were coming to my head and I
0: just... It's Probably because you've injured a lot of my players. I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. about that, just throw, just throw a bit of fun, fun in for Andy at the start there. Yeah, which, I uh, I did well. Many people have sat in the dugout. <laughs> That's the first time you've been slated, playing. mate. That's oh, yeah. the first time.
1: Many players are treated under you, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, that revolving door of players.
0: <laughs> uh, how are you? You okay? All good, mate. Yeah, yeah. all good. 60 next week, so um.
2: Don't look a day over 40, Jim.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> I feel like I could still play. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, well, we're going to ask that in a bit, aren't we? Yeah, we're ask <laughs>
1: that, yeah. So, just cracking straight on, what does football mean to you, Jimmy? Well, it's... Uh... From a player and manager point of view, you know, because like you said, you are turning 60 next week, you've been in football for a long yeah. time. So, what keeps bringing you back every time?
0: I think one of the best things that, um, when I was growing up in the football... I was at, uh, at Stockingford A, known as the Cabbage. Um, we'd got through to two cup finals, Monday and Wednesday night at Ifield Road. And back in the day, in the late eighties, early nineties, it was the best thing you could do, and uh, unbelievable achievement. So, me and the assistant managers, Mark Lewis and George Lackenby, we went somewhere else, away from the clubhouse, to have a drink and discuss the team because we'd obviously got two goalkeepers and. We'd probably got a 20-man squad and we wanted to decide who'd play on the Monday um, in the Telegraph and who'd play in the Stocking Forward AA Cup on the Wednesday. And um, my missus burst into the pub. I was in a pub called the Prince of Wales and um, she said, what are you doing in here? I thought you was at the PIV. So I told her to off and we, uh, <laughs> we carried on picking the two teams. So um, Laco was the main one. Laco was saying, I can't believe... Um, you know, you've just told your missus that football first. And so I got home and she's left me obviously back in the day and all my football book was um thousand bits of paper thrown out the window, top window. So she thought I obviously hadn't got a backup booked, So all my contacts had gone up in uh, like a snowflake scenario. So in the morning, I thought she'll come back as we all do as men and she didn't come back. And then she didn't come back on the Monday and on the Tuesday, she rang me up and said, are you in? I need to speak to you. We need a meeting. So she come down and she put the ultimatum on the table. It's football or me. I can't do it anymore. Oh no. And unfortunately, <laughs> I said to the missus, terrible situation for me, but I'm going to choose football.
2: Oh, you're a fighter.
0: So that didn't go down very well. I got smacked around the ear old. but at the same time I said, are we finished with a meeting? And she said, you're a... And I said, put the kettle on, love. I've got to pick the team for Tuesday. <laughs> so how, what does football mean to Jimmy? I mean, if I've actually put the missus second to, to football back in the day. And I actually said to her, I'll probably still be doing this when I'm 60, Michelle. And um, here I am, 60 next yeah. week. And she's planning my party at the Neatonborough Football Club.
2: I, I think we can end that here, can't yeah. we? I we call it a day yeah. after that. <laughs> Unbelievable. So um, brilliant start, Jim. Superb. Um, Like I just said, I don't think we'll ever get another one like that. That's unbelievable. Normally people go in and say, you know, uh, it's passion from when I was younger, I wanted to be a footballer, but that was fucking brilliant, I think. Mm -hmm. So uh, my question to you is, Jim, is where did football all start for you? If you can remember. Because you Um, were a player, weren't you? You did play, didn't you? You did play.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd like to think back in the day, um, I was half decent. Um, It's only as you get older, you understand... That you, you keep getting injuries in the same place. Um I, I was down at the Borough, played for the Borough youth team. I lied to that was I played against Aston Villa youth team in the FA Youth Cup, which um massive, massive achievement for me on that day because, you know, being a Villa fan, I was I was going to watch Aston Villa with Dean Aston quite regular and as little kids and I finally got the opportunity to play against them, so that was that was really nice. Um played a lot of the Borough Reserve games with the ex-Griff manager, Mark Green, and Derek Browns, Dave Crowley's, and all them guys. Uh, There was a team down there called the Borough A, which was sort of like the youngsters. Um, You were like the Borough third team, really. Um, But Mark Green's dad looked after it with Billy Kent, Timmy Kent's dad. And we played in the, um, some sort of like Saturday league, and then we also played in the top flight on a Sunday morning against the Rose of the Manor, Ansley Common, Ridgelane. Back in them days... 4 500 people used to watch down the pingles if you played the rose or if you went up to ridge lane it you know really really it was like non league football but my main thing was I played for the burr reserves and and the cabbage really stocking forward air um, under johnny douglas um and I'd like to think I was all right but I always seemed to struggle with uh, if I got a knee injury I struggled to recover sort of like probably longer than the others and I thought I'm out again out again so uh, on about the third operation I just thought I'm, I'm, I am really am struggling to play football week in week out Saturday and Sunday so I took up management and the earliest remembrance of football management was the Donny Thorne Reserves and um,
1: what, what age was that? If you remember? Uh, about
0: 23
1: Okay so quite early then, early then. Yeah, oh, yeah very
0: early because it was sort of like a case. Of, I don't think I'm going to be able to play for the next yeah. six months another knee injury so Um, local pub, local football person, everybody's saying, um, why don't you just help pick the team? And and so I did. Um, And and from that point, I seemed to come back once every 18 months. And and I think finally on the 13th operation on my knees, it was obvious that I was there. 13th? I've had 13 ops on the knees, yeah. Jesus
2: Christ. But the thing is, though, it weren't, I mean, do you reckon that with the technology and the way that the operations are today, Jim, you'd have lasted a little bit longer playing-wise? Because I imagine it weren't keyhole and stuff back then, was it?
0: No, I think um, one of my injuries... I I, I paid private. I worked at the Jag and I I was in a a private scheme. So I went down to a place called Golders Green. I think the older older footballer remember that. You could pay private, which is about 1,500 quid. I'm talking 40 years ago, 35 years ago. And I thought I'd gone to the perfect place where I was being told all the footballers go. And... um, When I woke up, I thought they'd chopped my leg off. It was such a pain. And anyway, I was supposed to be in there for two nights. The physio came round to me, Andy, physio. (laughs) These two women, and um, they got me out of bed the day after I had the operation. Um, I must admit, I've I've never been in pain in my life, you know, and I thought, "This this is good pain. So do I want to keep going through this sort of thing? Only to find out when the specialist come round, he said, don't move out of bed. Your knee's probably one of the worst knees I've seen in years. Um, you're going to be with us 13 nights. And they'd had me up after the first first night and I was trying to put weight on it. And, yeah. um, about 18 months later, the usual, play again um, Sunday morning with the Donny lads, just have a game of football. And um, it's gone again. So I end up at George Elliott under a, a specialist called Steingold. I think everybody remember him back in our day. Um, and he said to me I've never seen an operation bodged as bad oh, as it no. what they've done with your knee so he tried to resurrect it and then 12 months later I think I'm playing again and um, my, right, my right knee's gone and it's like I've got to pack this in because you know I love going out on the beer with the lads I love going training with the boys but my legs, my legs are packing in year after year and getting worse each year so hence 23 comes around and you know Johnny Douglas is saying he's jacking in at the Cabbage and I'd run the Cabbage reserves for about four weeks and then Johnny Douglas asked me if I wanted to take over it the first team and I said, look, I went and asked the missus and that was it from that point and yeah. sort of like went into management. So what was your plan when you sort of joined
1: Stockingford AA, the Cabbage? Was it I'm going to learn as much as possible and be successful to move up or was that not even in the thought of chasing to be a higher manager or anything like that. What was the thought of doing it?
0: To take over from uh, Johnny Douglas and Bobby Irons at the time, it was, everyone was saying, you're crazy because they've been the best side around for the last four or five years. Um, So I went into it and, you know, it, it, it folded really. The old team had jacked in and walked away. So I was quite lucky because I was involved with the Sunday football. So I knew a lot of players already. So, I'd put this little team together, and, and God bless him, a guy called Barry Skubsky, he used to play for the Borough Reserves with us. Um, he was running a team on a Sunday morning called Oldham and Smith, and he was playing against the Donnythorne on a Sunday morning. Well, their good players were Richard Landon, who went on to play for Macclesfield, and is now the kit man at Stockport. And,
1: okay, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, so when we played Stockport down here, Rich had come had a good tea with Rich and... and and when Stockport used the ground, Rich now comes and sits in the office, and we have a good chat about the Alderman Smith days at Alderman Smith School. And you know he was one of the good guys that went on to play for an Neaton Borough, and he had a he had a good non-league career. Rich did. One of the one of the things I used to do because I worked at the Jag on nights. Nobody ever knew this, but I used to go and watch Villa train in the morning straight from work. Oh, okay. So I'd go and do a training session and. And your Paul Wilson's Mark Mark Lewis and, you know, the people that say, John McKenna's, where have you got the session from? Where have you learned that from? But I, I kept it pretty much secret for about 12 months that I just thought rather than watch somebody local, I'd go and do a bit of premiership or top yeah. flight footballs. And, and it was just a little thing I used to do. And I never told anybody for years, actually, that I, I, I kept pinching it off all the different Villa oh, yeah. managers and coaches, what the training session would be on a Tuesday or Thursday night. That's
2: brilliant. Yeah. Dark arts, that is, isn't it? Yeah, that and is. The sort
1: of dark arts that you need. thing is, those are the edges you have to oh, take, though, isn't it? They
0: absolutely.
2: Do. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm asking you a big question here, Jim, and I don't know if you'll remember. Titles and cups with Stocking day AA, can you remember how many? I remember.
1: You sent me a load of pictures the other day. Really? Of all these trophies, didn't you, Jim?
0: Yeah, I think there were 16 trophies on that table, yeah, was, weren't there, they, mate, in one year? Just a few. What? Um, but that was... I'll post that up so you can see.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: No, I think that was when I was at Atherstone. to be honest, because it was Atherstone and Frank Parker's year. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, But Stocking Forward, it was brilliant at the start because Johnny, Johnny Douglas jacked in and all managers, I, I'll say this, um, that, they know what I'm on about. When you leave somewhere, you don't hope to do well, the team that follows you, the manager, the management, because you're the superstar and, and you mm. want to be known for the best manager around. So when I, when I go into Stocking Forward... Um, The committee are very hard to work with because they're all Johnny Douglas, Johnny Douglas, Johnny Douglas. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I've come in there sort of like a Sunday morning manager Mm -hmm. and I had to get a team together very, very quickly. So, I went to your Oldham and Smiths for your Rich Landons and Rich Parks and people like that and um, then I even went to the Donnythorne and and got people like Gaz Fenland. God, you know, touch wood with Gaz. He's he's struggling with a little bit of cancer. He's, He's very, very poorly at the minute. Great player. Great player. And um, I went and fetched Mark Enzo off the building site and I went and fetched anybody I could to fulfil a side. And I think we lost to Bermuda 6-0 on the debut Tuesday night. 4-500 up there because I'm taking over for the first time. And we got Wallop 6-0. Then we get Wallop 6-0 by Arley. Then we get walloped of all Wallop, strange score lines coming 6-0 against somebody else from um, Coventry Sphinx or Triumph or someone. And it's like, wow. Mm -hmm. this is a wake-up call this is too tough Um, but I'm a soldier and I keep going and then I sign two or three lads and then I sign three or four lads and Arlie were the strong team around at the time we go to Arlie and we beat Arlie something like 8-2 which was an absolute almighty shock uh, from that point then, your people like Dean Astons and Lacos were leaving Arley to come to Stocking Forward and, and people were leaving the Griff to come to Stocking forward. People were leaving Bermuda to come to Stocking Forward. And we just went on an unbelievable 10, 11 year run that we keep getting to all the cup finals and we winning the commentary alliance on a regular basis. Um, nowhere to go. So we joined the Midland Com, which I don't think anybody had done around the area. Um, mm. We start, start down in Midland Comp two or three and we win that, win the league and cup double and treble first year. Um, second year, league and cup treble again, um, and and then it just carried on. But there's nowhere to go with it because the council weren't willing to give us floodlights at Stocking Stockingford. So mm. it was, um, where do I go from here for myself, Andy? Do I want to improve? Of course, I want to improve. I'm looking, I'm looking at people like Ron Bradbury at the time, and yeah, yeah, um, you know, I'm big mates with Ron. And I was big mates with Ron back in the day as well and and I used to ask Ron if I could go into the changing rooms and watch Ron so every time Nuneaton were playing Atherston um, in the big local derby or uh, Atherston were playing Tamworth Ron used to let me in as a young pup and watch Ron at work um, how we used to speak to the players and, and what he used to say and how he'd pick the team and line his, line his starting 11 up so I used to love doing all them little bits, so I wanted to be probably the next Ron Bradbury, to be honest, to the local area, because Ron was in our day. If Ron and Polly Owner and Steve Jackson that I used to walk into the pub, it used to be a, a place in the league where all the non-league lads used to come. And I used to lie in bed thinking, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here waiting for them to come in. I want to walk in one day and be <laughs> them people, and you know, I looked up to people like Ron Bradbury. Yeah,
2: I think everyone does. I think his name's been mentioned so many times, even when we do our podcast down at the Adders, because um, obviously we've not mentioned that Jimmy's kindly allowed us to come into in today into his office and do this podcast, but there's obviously the big picture of Ron with uh, Andy Rammel signing yeah. the contract for yeah. from a player that signed from Addison to Man United, um, and I think no one's got a bad word to say about Ron. No. I mean, he's, 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 what he's done speaks for itself. I'd love to get him on it. I really would. Well, it's it's about.
0: funny, Dave, isn't it? Because I have Ron now as my um, what do you call him? Advisor. No, he does the guest speaking in the. Oh on yeah, match of course. Day. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Is, is the compare in the boardroom? You know, we've always got eighty two hundred people in there paying thirty thirty five quid for a three course Frank Park meal, and and we always try and get an ex one or two players in. You know, and Ron just questions and answers them and belittles them and puts them down, <laughs> and you know, I think Ron's about 70, 78 yeah. now. You know, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. was it what a guy so then the, the time at
1: Stocking Forward was, it about, te- was it about 10 years in total probably 12 years 12 yeah. years and then the move to
0: Averston come about didn't it in 2004 I've got here 2004 yeah very strange um, how did that come I about I mean just finishing off at Stocking Forward it, it's strange now that one of the people who who helped down here uh, Chris Wilcox everybody knows him as Wilf he's the MD at Naneton Signs round there he, he he he's joined the board here and me and Will started off together we were two vagabonds really on the streets and everyone used to say where's them two going and nobody knew what we was up to sometimes we missed (laughs) training because we was trying to earn a few quid somewhere else and you know and and Chris is down here now back in my ear and we we regularly go back to when uh, Chris used to play because Ron Bradbury, would say, who's the best player you've ever played for you, Ron, or best youngest player? And Ron said, well, he, he signed Chris Wilcox at 15, and okay. he made his debut at Atherston at 16, and wow. great player. But we, we sit on a table and have a drink, me, Wilf, and, and Ron now. And um, it's great that, you know, 30 years later, you're still all sitting, having a beer, talking about the same things, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. How, how big was that jump, Jim, if you can, like, sort of, if I can try and picture it? So from Stocking Forward to Atherston... How many leagues jump is that or would you oh, say? Yeah,
0: about four or five. Is it? Um but Ku Akadulu was the chairman at the time. And um I always got on with Koo. Good player in his day. And um we used to play because me and Ron, we used to work together at Massive Hoogs so we used to car share with Kenny Willis and Paul Owner. So our car was quite a good car because <laughs> Kenny was manager of Alliston Reserves and oh, okay. and Polly Owner was sort of like captain of Alliston and Ron was the manager, so it was a lovely car. So I was always the little fish in the car, stocking mm. forward. So we always had the banter and I used to say to Ron, players in a friendly then, but I bet you didn't because we'd beat you. And Ron used to say, yeah, Ron, shut up. And You know, the Bill and Endor was, we used to go over to Atherston and, and we used to beat him with the stocking forward side. In and everybody would say the same, wouldn't they? I've rested eight tonight. And yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Don't, it don't matter if you've rested. Your squad has played against our squad and... You know, So we used to have banter and banter. And um, how it came about, the, ju- the jump was probably four or five leagues. And Ku came to the cabbage one night, and I think we'd got a good result again, three all draw. And he said to me, where do you get your players from? Well, in my side, there was Paul Wilson, Willie Norton, you know, Kev Middleton's, there was Mark Lewis's, That's there was, names. you know, great side. Yeah. yeah, You know, Dick Cook, Kirk Stevens, people like that still playing for the cabbage. And it was like, how do you get these players to play for you? And mainly they're all local people who've who've been in non-league or tasted non-league, but didn't really get on with it. So they come back local and you're always going to go and play for the best club local. And, and I think we just got to the point where Stocking Forward was the place to be. Mm. It's certainly a place to be on a Saturday night. You know what I mean? There was... 60, 80 people had stopped in there Saturday night and there was never any payment. You know, you you wouldn't get any wages or expense or anything, but the the steward, Keith, bless him, he used to sort of like, every time I went up for a round, he used to give me the round free. So everyone clocked onto it. So I was, I was having ra- round. rounds of £60 <laughs> a time, <Yeah>. about six <laughs> times a night. And- <laughs> <laughs> Superb.
1: But did you did you take that move to Atherston in order to like progress your career
0: and go, this is a great chance for me just to go, that next level sort of thing. Well, what happened Andy, it was back again. It's strange, isn't it? Because now it's, it's a little bit different, but it's not so much different in everything about football's money. Mm -hmm. And, and at Stockingford, I created a tote and we'd got a tote at Stockingford that the committee, as I said earlier in the, in the podcast is they didn't want to pay anybody. So everyone else is getting 80 quid, 60 quid at Atherston. And, we were beating Atherston and we ain't paying our lads anything. And the lads were getting fed up. We couldn't get floodlights because the mm. council were being ridiculous. They were saying bat polluted, you know, yeah. you know, as, as in flying bats. And so I created this tote for the lads and I said to the old, old brigade committee, we won't pay the lads anything, but what I collect on the tote, we'll have for an end of season, Blackpool. I mean, I know it's Magaluf and uh, Vegas yeah. now, ain't it? But Blackpool was the place back in our day. So. It was we'd have the kitty, what we'd got, but it was mainly me that was collecting it anyway. So it started off about £30 a week, £40, £50 a week to 68 All of a sudden I'm collecting seven, eight hundred pounds a week on this tote. So the pot was getting ridiculous. So I said you ain't gonna be able to take sort of like ten or fifteen thousand, twenty thousand pounds to blackpool because that was a lot of money back in the day. <laughs> so every month we'll have a drink with it. Anyway, they went against me. And um, I sort of like said, look guys, I produce all the kits, I produce all the sponsors, the track suits, I produce the way, not wages, but, um, you know, the end of the, end of the year, piss up. And they still wouldn't go with it. And I said, well, what are we going to do? We sort of like thirty, forty 40,000 pound, if, if we've got that sort of money in the bank. So I never used to get in, I used to just bring it in, give it to the people. And so I didn't know if we'd got 10 grand or 50 grand in there. Yeah. But it was always a no, that they wouldn't spend the money that I'd brought in. So, Obviously, I was thinking I'll just stop the tote and, you know, we've just got no money and we'll have to go back to where we were. I mean, the pitch was, we'd got the pitch looking unbelievably fantastic. And I, th- I think we'd ended up with sort of like 300 regular crowd paying three quid. So we'd got money coming in yeah. quite regular at, at Stocking Ford. And we didn't want for nothing. It was just getting the best players to play for you and win the league, obviously, and, and get to Ifield Run. That's the best you could do in in them days. So Kuwakadu asked me how where do I get the players from? And he said, why don't you come and work with me? I've got £800 a week budget you can have. And I thought, well, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time, pay the lads, because yeah. I think they're coming in Tuesday and Thursdays, and, you know, it's not so, so bad in the summer, but in the winter, when, you know, you're getting home at 10, 11 o'clock at night, it's pitch black, you ain't seeing the kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, it was something that was in the back of my mind, and I just thought, you know, I'd got people around me, good people that kept saying, go and have a go at the, the Anderson. Go and have a go. Go and have a go. Anyway, Ku asked me if I wanted to have a go at it. It was quite awkward, really, because I was getting a, a, a car share lift to work with Kenny Willis, <laughs> who was the manager. Ah, uh, right. So I said to Ku, I'm going on holiday for a week. Let me get let me get my head around it when I come back. So when I come back, Kenny and Ron and Polly picked me up. So I dropped it on Kenny and just, said to Kenny, look, um, Coo's." And, he, and Kenny said, take it, because I ain't doing it. He was caretaker manager at the time, I think. And he said, take it. Honestly, Jim, you're the man for it. Take it. Don't think nothing of it. Just go for the job. So I rang him back and said, I'm interested. Went over. And I took the job on, and it was like, um, right. Now, it was a totally different thing, because you're playing, you're playing for three serious points now against yeah. big, big clubs. And, mm-hmm. and that didn't start off too well, neither. You know, we, um, They were in a bad place, and I think we lost the first three. Um And and then I think we got a good result away somewhere. Um, And then we'd got the FA Cup on the fifth game of the season. And some young girl, I think from Ridge Lane area, had fell down the stairs at Alliston. um, And she took it all the way to court. And again, back in the day, I think it was £22,000. She won the court case. So Koo said, I'd rather fold the club than pay. I let somebody borrow the ground as a favour. And some woman took the club to court and... He uh, he just rang me up and said I'm I'm going to wrap it all up, mate. So wow. he, he he wrapped the club up and it was like wow, I've been in charge of Atherston for four games, lost three, won one, uh, and it's all over. And and now I'm in limbo because I've left Stockingford, yeah. And,
1: um,
0: and that's how it happened, really.
1: So what happened after that then? Did did someone then take over the club, to Atherston? Or? Yeah,
0: well, what happened is it went it went uh, defunct for twelve months, um, which was my cue. Hence, I'd been holding off from having my knee done again. I needed a big operation, and I kept saying no to the operation. I kept struggling away at training, and I thought, I'd better have this operation. So I thought, it's my time now, after probably 15 years doing it, take um, take 12 months off for Jimmy yeah. Ginelli and his family and, and get my legs to try and work properly and, and walk straight again. So I did that, but as um, soon as I'd come out of the hospital my phone was inundated with me coming help us at... <laughs> hundreds of different clubs, really. Everybody sort of like said, why are you coming out with me, coming out me? And um, I actually went to help Paul Charnley at uh, Massey Ferguson's in the same league as the Griff. And the Griff was supposed to be the top side at the time because he probably signed all the cabbage players anyway. Mm. And um, I think we beat the Griff in a game and that Paul Charnley said, again, just the two or three players you brought in sort of like strengthened us and doesn't. the passion you put into the changing rooms is unbelievable, mate you know, can you stay with us? And I, I couldn't, I was on crutches doing it and I just thought, I'm, do, me no, do myself no favours, I'm on crutches on, in the touch, on the touchline dugout area. Not for me. Mm. So I, I seriously had the 12 months off. Yeah, nice. And then Alistair, um come calling again and said, we're going to put it back together. Um, a little fella called Graham Reed, lovely lad. Um, he was chairman um, and he just said, would you fancy getting in, in, involved with about seven or eight people? And I said, I'll come for a meeting. So we went to this meeting, um, Bode Sears, Remember that one, Bode Sears, yeah. It's the clubhouse now, isn't it?
2: It used. It was Bode Sears and then it was Bare and Ragged Staff, I think. Um, it, it, and now is it the mayor? Now is it the Curry House? Is that the right place, Bode Sears Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
0: it.
1: Well,
0: yeah. yeah. So I went into there to see this group, five or six old boys, and they were quite passionate about putting it all back together. And um, <laughs> crazy, really, because I. I said to them on that night, I said, so what's the budget? Yeah. Uh, And there was a strict old fella over there. Bit bit bitter about a lot of things, Mick Brooks. And um, nice guy, but he was very bitter about football, I think. I don't know why. But um, he said, there's no budget at all. And I said, so what league would you think you'd be starting in? Midland Com 3, right down the bottom. And I said, okay. Um, And it's sort of like six... Six old boys and myself. And I said, okay, what about if I produce the budget? And I was just going to put the tote back together yeah, and, yeah. and sort of like ask everybody to go back on the tote, which I thought I'd probably probably get a thousand pound a week. And he was still against it, this fella. But all the others said, I can't see why. If he's going to produce every penny himself, it's not going to cost us anything. Mm. And then I said, if I bring sponsors in, is the sponsors, will it be spent on the team? I need, you, I need your word that it will be spent on the team. Um, same as I do now with are chaps I, I bring every penny in that I can I don't touch it myself I just then trust somebody else to look after the money and uh, you have to do that don't you because you have yeah. to I, yeah, I don't want to be you know knowing oh Jimmy got X in and Jimmy spent more than he's brought in and all this because it, it don't fit does it but 100% against it for whatever reason so I said can we take a recess everybody go 10 minute walk come back in and let me know um, and they outvoted him 4 to 1 and, and myself 5 to 1 So I said, so I'm not going to go crazy. We'll just have a £500 a week budget.
2: Mm.
0: Give the lads 25 quid each. and uh, So I joined Atherston and we put this little ship together. And again, you've got to find players very, very quickly. So quite shrewd at the way I do things. I I approached the college, Jose Asensio. Yeah, yeah, great guy. Danny Gaunt and the gang. He'd got a really good college side. So I said, if you come on board as the coach i yeah. the manager. So he brought 25 players. I brought 25 players. So we got 50 players to pick 16 from. And we put this side together and we just went on a an unbelievable run. First first year, we won the league and Cup treble first oh, yeah, year. Yeah. And, and that was it. The other st- wheels were rolling.
2: <laughs> it's unbelievable because obviously all these people that Jimmy's naming are, are now... Yeah. And I, I played under Jose. I was, uh, played for Jose's college team. Yeah. And I'm good mates with people like Danny Gawne. And I, never, I I always thought to myself, I wonder how, because back in the day when I was in college playing for Jose, 16, he wasn't a part of it no more. Jimmy was the gaffer. And it, me and my mate Jack Roxby used to come down and watch the games. Mm. And some of the players that you had down there, mate, were unbelievable. I can't remember names. I'm terrible with names, but unbelievable players. So did, did you go back and bring any of them lads back that you had at the Cabbage to come and sign for you? Do no
0: one of one of my strengths. I've always believed in this, and I do it still to this day. Um, if I leave a club, I leave the club on block because somebody else has to come in and manage that group. And whether this is good, bad, or ugly, I like to see if that new person can manage that same group to the treble or Absolutely. being champions. Or and um, I'm not blaming my own trumpet at all, but nobody ever seemed to do it. At you know the cabbage. It just, mm-hmm. it just sort of like went down and down, didn't it? And not naming managers and players. And, and then Alistair, it went down and down. You know, everybody thinks they can do what you do, but mm. it's not about me. It's about your team. I'm, I'm a big believer, surround yourself with good staff. Absolutely. Your, your staff are the key to having a good camaraderie around the dressing room. It certainly ain't, even at this football club now, it, It's I am not the main person. I'll float around in the background and let let all my staff be the the voice and everything else. Um, I'm, I'm a believer that, that that's how it works. Not one person can do anything.
1: Yeah, no. I, I think we've I think we've heard that from Adam and Ross as well about staff is staff is everything. Key as well. Absolutely everything. Um, and especially working with you, Jim, I can vouch for that. The, the people you brought in, for your staff are all top top people. Mm. Um, completely agree there. Completely agree. But at Averston, you had quite a successful time, didn't you? Let's be honest. You, you sort of, three promotions, multiple cups for the, for the club. Were you proud of what you achieved? Yeah,
0: because, sorry of on to, to, to go from stocking forward where you're banging your head at the brick wall, you've started right down the bottom. Um, you end up winning the treble. Um, to, to sort of like, where can you go from here? So then you go to Adderston, it's sort of like three or four levels higher. uh, And and to find out, you know, you've been kicked straight in the teeth, you drop back down to where you were with the cabbage and you've got to start all over again. So you do think to yourself, is this all worth it? Because I'm now getting my late 40s and and early 50s. But you you get a a great satisfaction feeling that once you pick the trophy up at the end of the season, all them Tuesday and Thursday nights and, and all the meetings you've been to that probably... You don't want to go through for the 12 months. They're they're all worth it in the end because even now, I've just mentioned it at the start, but it's, it's boring. Training's boring yeah. pre-season because mm. you ain't going to get a great deal out of it other than fitness. Well, I'm 60, so I ain't running about. I ain't getting fit <laughs> and I ain't getting a great deal out of it. But what I do say is I'll say to the lads now, listen, I really enjoyed training tonight. Thank you making me go home happy and you know the lads will sort of like say silly old bastard you know what I mean but I genuinely mean thank you because training was good tonight now if training's not good I'll say the opposite you know what I mean I'll I'll bang the big fist down and say wasted my fucking time tonight you know what I mean I'm not having that next time you come in book your ideas up because we're here to win the title and it starts here now doesn't it pre-season so your signing's in that
2: So how did it all end at you for Atherston then Jim? What what was the next sort of progression from there and how did it all come to an end?
0: It was a crying shame. Um, you know when you think eight years seems to be a long time at a football club and um, I'd, I'd been there eight years and we have won a lot of stuff. Um, probably dropped one of the biggest bollocks in my life, bringing a guy in called Aidy Burr, um, property developer. Um, I brought Dave Allen in as the chairman and dave was absolutely fantastic we used to go and have a beer together regular and um, dave introduced me to this a d burr uh ex-police officer that got the sack for being corrupt and you know that was in the police force he was a bit naughty so i don't know how i'll let the bloke get in but um the council started to talk to us about the wanted sheepy road as the new council houses um, so we went through a couple of these big board meetings down at the council houses with the councillors and they were saying we need to stop winning the league Jim because we've got to give you a, a site to the level of the football league that you're in so the Iowa was going they had to give us a better ground graded ground facility
2: yeah,
0: and in this meeting Eddie Burr was talking out of his arse again and he was telling him he was going to do this he was going to do that and and um, the councillor just said can I stop you there why, why do you do all the talking who are you sort of thing and he said, well, I'm I'm a director and I'm a property developer and um, I've got plans to be the chairman next year. Well, obviously, Dave Allen looked at me and said he's yeah. going to be the chairman. He's, he's supposed to be a millionaire. And and in football, I think everybody knows Jimmy searches for the people with money because football and money go together. Mm. Uh, and I got swallowed in by it thinking, like, we've got someone that's going to build us a new stadium. You know, we've gone from the cabbage with no floodlights to coming to Adderston to winning leagues to getting a new brand new stadium built by this fella Um, only to understand later that it was the biggest fake in the world and um, you know the councillor said to me we'd never get into bed with this guy Jim because his his track record whatever Um, and then we went for a point on a Thursday night and was having a bit of banter and um, I've just said it off air to Andy he said to me and this is the the crippler for me he said I'll give you 50 grand in a carrier bag the minute we put a brick in the middle of that centre circle which me starting to do I love football? Fifty grand don't mean nothing to me. I'm all right for of dough anyway, but I didn't have any dough then. But I thought fifty grand he'd sell he'd sell his soul to mm. to build houses on this football club's ground. And I fell out with a fellow. Just I didn't really say a lot to him, but I fell out. of love with him. I didn't. I didn't want to work with him. And then we played um, in the playoffs. Quick story on the playoffs. We'd played Chasetown and beat Chasetown 2-0 about two or three weeks before the end of the season. And I told Dale Belford, we'd got this silly thing, really. It, uh, it annoyed everybody, but we we liked annoying everybody at Atherstone. They called us the Wimbledon gang and we'd used to sing Championis, but, you know, right from about 10 games in, every time <laughs> we won and bang the doors and every away ground. And I said, we won't be doing championis tonight, lads, because there's a great, great chance we play Town in the semi-final in the playoffs. Now, if I'm that manager and you've just banged the door, I'm just giving them the ammunition, so we won't do it. But Dale did it behind the back and all the players joined in, Championis, we just won 2-0. And I said, that's the biggest mistake you've ever going to make, the lot of you. And we sort of like tried to lose the last three games in the league. To position ourselves to play Chase yeah. Town in the semi final, to position ourselves to play Naneton down here in the final. Uh, and that was how we tried to set it all up, but it went drastically wrong in the semi final. We lost 5 0, and um, Chase Town coming down here to play Naneton in the final. And we got that bit wrong that time, and first time I'd been in a playoff place, and I thought, wow, we, we fucked that up between us mm. all, really. But you live and learn, you don't do them silly things. Super. So then,
1: you took time out of the game after Avston, didn't you? Did you take a bit of time out of the game?
0: Yeah, I did it again. Going back to the old dreaded knees. Um Maybe. I'm now thinking I've I put so much pressure on my right knee. I think um, I had a good shopping with the missus probably twice a year. And we was walking, <laughs> we was walking through the town, and and me right knees just stopped dead on me, and yeah. I just actually just stood leaning up a window and she said what's up I said just give me a minute because my right leg has just stopped working and and I mean stopped working and I think we went to Magaluf that year and I think if you've been to Magaluf with a the football there's a cardiac hill yeah. And yeah. I was going up cardiac hill and and my right leg just said fuck you I ain't coming up yeah. the hill with you so mm-hmm. I had to make a massive decision and save time to have the right knee done properly yeah so I had to uh, had my right knee done, and so I took um, 12 months out then as yeah. well.
2: How old were you at this point, Jim?
0: 40 uh, odds, late 40s. Dude, fucking That's a lot
2: of knee surgeries, man.
1: So then the next club you joined, sorry, David, the next club you joined at was Barwell. You became an assistant manager at Barwell.
0: Yeah, let's, go back. let's bit- go back to oh. the finish at Atherston. Oh, yeah, sorry. Ca- yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it a bit sad and sick, really. Um, we've lost 5-0, and I've said to the players, we've... Um, This is a very strange one, chaps. Obviously, you know I know quite a few people, so I know a lot of the football referee assessors. And I'm at work at Massey Ferguson's, and one of the guys, football assessor, works at Massey Ferguson. So he's come over to my machine on the day of the semi-final, and he said, "Um, I've got to talk to you. Good old fella, good old fella, touching the late sixties, because you know." And I'm said, "But what's up, mate?" He said, "You're going to get sent off tonight, son." And I said, I'm gonna get set. I said, I love a bet. I said, can I? and he said, no, I've i am sorry, I've got to be serious with you. His name was Colin. And I said, Boy, what are you talking about, Colin? He said, I was at a meeting the other night, referees meeting, and they said they'd got the semi-final at Adherston. The best way to calm it down is send the manager off in the first ten minutes. He said, So you got you're off tonight. They've they've planned to send you off tonight. And I've also planned to send one of your players off to calm it all down. And I said, we ain't kicked a ball yet. So I called a team brief away from the changing rooms. And I got all the players in this room. And I told the lads, I said, now, this might be the most bizarre thing that you're ever going to hear. But I've heard it, so I'm going to relate it to you. Now, I'm not going to get sent off. I said, I know I'm a bit volatile. And I used to be. I used to be very angry in the dugout. And I used to fight and shout everybody. Um, I said, and please don't get sent off. So... The game's up and running, throwing. I've shouted, You're fucking joking. The refs flew over at me. <laughs> oh no. Bang. One more from you, you're out. And I said, oh, I thought that was coming. So he weren't a local referee, and I don't think he knew who I was. Me and Craig Woodley, both bold head, both very similar. And um, another throwing, and Craig shouted, He's from flying over. And he's consulted the linesman, sent Craig off, told him to get over the wall and walk around. No, so. No wow, this is coming true. 10 minutes later, Jamie Hood's tackled something. Jamie Hood's off. So the player's off and the manager's off because this referee thinks it's on the radio that Jimmy Ginelli had been sent off, but it weren't me. I get it. We're coming at half time and it's it's all going tits up. Farad Offendiev, can you remember that name? Azebharjani. Goalkeeper. Goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sold him to York City for a bag of 10 Adidas balls. (laughs) And um, somebody introduced me to him and I said, well, do you play in goals? He said, yeah. Anyway, I took him round home and gave him some dinner and we had a bit of a chat and then I found him somewhere to live upstairs of the wine bar of all places. Yeah. And um, he ended up being an absolute superb goalkeeper. Hence, we sold him to York who were in the league at the time. And... um, he had had a fight with Anthony Robinson at half time. That all kicked off because it you know, Woodley had been sent off. So he was shouting and bawling in the dressing room and UD had been sent off. So it's all going bad. And we lose 5-0. So it's all gone tits up. So I say to all the players, it's kicking off in the crowd, two two and a half thousand. Everybody stay by the dugout and we keep ourselves to ourselves. Let the crowd disperse and then uh, we'll all go in the change rooms. Let us chase town celebrate. Um, take the punch on the chin, lads. We've lost this one. And um we stand there and then Dale does Dale's will Or <laughs> pops Dale and he says right lads I'm retiring from football so everybody's sort of like oh well, what's up Dale what's up Balfe what's up Balfe so I said well that's good timing isn't it I said "Can't let it be about the players mate not about you know the management let, anyway Dale said well no better time to tell him is it I'm, just, I'm finishing anyway I would suggest all of you have a think about what you're doing strange and anyway, we all get changed bum 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 uh, I'm going away on the Friday, I think. And then this AD Burr rings me up and says, um, Pop down to the chemist. He's, his family got chemists on Coton Road upstairs at the doctors. So I said, Yeah. He said, What do you want to talk about? I said, Go away tomorrow. He said, The budget for next season and that. So I went down to see him and um, he sat around this table, sort of as big as an island, you know, and I said, uh, what you want to talk about the budget for? He said, well, I think we're going to increase the budget. And I said, um, have you asked the person who brings all the money in? Because when he first joined the club chaps, he, he bought everybody, all, all the directors, a suit and put a, a Bay. Lovely. looked absolutely lovely. So everybody thought he was a very generous man, but he weren't. He was taking the money back out of the gate receipts. And, you know, I sussed all this out early doors that he weren't putting nothing in. He was just taking out and he wanted the ground to build on. So I said, uh, well, let's let's have a chat about the budget then. He said, well, let's talk about something else first. I think that the way you bring the money in, you could be absolutely brilliant for this football club. So why don't you come upstairs with me and be the commercial manager and let Dale run the team? So I said, right, me and Dale go out drinking every week. So Dale's obviously done his... Dale... And, uh, Dale... Dow's Dow, because we, we had a good chat about it afterwards. And he'd actually said that he could get twice the side together for half the money. Well, bearing in mind, Jimmy's bringing all the money and it's all Jimmy's sponsors. So anyway, I found it a little bit bizarre. So I said, Oh, okay. Is that what you want to do, Chairman? And he said, Yeah, because it's AD Burr's Nick, the Chairman title now from Dave. And I said, That's fine. And he said, Are you happy with that? I said, uh, No, I'm not happy with that. I said, But if that's what you want to do, let's do it. And he said, "What do you want me to say to the press? You've been sacked, or you've stood down for family reasons?" I said, "I said, say what you want." I said, "I'm going to Tenerife tomorrow." So you say, <laughs> say what you want, mate. I've got no interest in it. I said, "Is that the meeting over?" And he said, uh, "Yeah." I said, "Okay. I said, let's now let's do what Jimmy Johnnie does. Now you come downstairs in the car park with me, and I'll, let's have a fucking tear up." I said, "I'll smash your fucking head off." You think you can nick Atherston Football Club after all the work that's been done by me and my people that you walk in in sort of like six months and you can call them shots. I'll tell you what we'll do. You have the club because you will destroy it because you're an absolute clown, my friend. Football's not as easy as you think, Aidy. But we'll finish off with, let's get in the car park and sort it out, man to man. To man. Anyways, like a little baby run round the table, like a little kid like Benny show and uh, he never come anywhere near and when we walked downstairs he pushed the door shut as quick as he could get it shut and I just jumped on the plane and went and that's how I finished at Atherston and I must have had hundreds and hundreds of phone calls the papers and everybody everybody tried to get my side of it but I just totally never told anybody I just thought I'll just leave it at that he can have it and lo and behold Dale went for the job mate of mine still and he rings me up and I said if I can have the job I said if it means that much to you Dale we have it Um thought I must have left it for an hour and then I rang him and said I've thought about it no you can't have the job and if if you do take the job I'll fall out of here so Dale didn't take the job I don't know if you remember um, Darren Fulford took it but I rang Darren Fulford the Tamworth reserve manager and I wished him all the best and he done very very well with a group of players he put together um, but six months down the line he had work commitments and Dale took the job then Right. but it didn't quite go right you know for Averston at that point yeah. they didn't do very well and It seemed to go on the demise again, didn't it? And uh, shame, because we'd worked really hard to get Otherstone up to where it was. And we was hoping we'd be in the same league as Neneaton the year after, but Neneaton got promoted and we'd lost that local derby. Mm, Definitely on the up now, though.
2: Oh, mate, absolutely. Definitely.
0: But on that point, chaps, I'll just say before we carry on, me and Dale still have a coffee and chat about it course, now because me and, me and Dale—we're from the street, good, bad, and ugly footballs. Football. That's right, mate. Everybody does what they have to do in football, and you know if people think they can get on better in one way or the other, that's what they do. And you know, yeah, I'd rather be just be the straightest man in football and get on, and everybody says how are you doing, mate, rather than always, you know, is that fella, is that feathery? I know when I finish in the next few years, that people say it was all right, Jimmy.
2: Absolutely, yeah. mate. So obviously we've established that you took a little bit of time out right, to wear your knee up, and then uh, little old Barwell come knocking on. How's that happened, mate?
0: Again, strange. Um, Scott Adland, good mate of mine. Um, Scott was playing for Barwell, and he, he come he come to see me at the pub, uh, and he said we could do with just a little bit of extra aggression in the dressing room, and you know, get the lads motivated. Why don't you come across to Barwell? And I said, you know what? I've never give Barwell a thought. Um, been to a few games and watched it and never really appealed to me. Um, perseverance, he come around and then a couple of weeks later, fair play, the manager come into the pub, Marcus, Marcus Law. Yep. And I knew Marcus from the days of me being at the Cabbage. He was manager of the Sphinx. Um, he always had a laugh and joke because Marcus Law never beat Jimmy Janelli at football in <laughs> in, a, in a league game or cup game. And and he started to say, come over, mate. And I said, well, to do what? Because you and Paul O'Brien are like, you know, glue. So what you... And he said, just eyes and ears, extras, just, just, you know. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll come and give it a go. So I went over. Again, Andy, I'd just come out of an E operation. Yeah. So uh, I went into the position to do any training for the lads. I went in the position to sort of like do any strikers work one, one-to-one. one So it was a case of sitting in the dugout, changing rooms and be his eyes and ears, which I, I did. Uh, and I think th- three or four times I wasn't even number two I was number three I uh, had three or four times I just took off my own back to to get out of the little bar well dug out rant and rave at the players and, and turn a 1-0 def- deficit into a 2-1 win and um, Marcus said brilliant you've won the game there yourself and uh, got a little bit of bite back for it and, and then Marcus had got great offer to go to Kettering in the, in the conference at the time and Um, again me and Marcus had a chat and I said mate don't turn the opportunity down we're all young and just keep climbing the ladder you never know Uh, and Marcus did keep climbing the ladder he done very well for himself which left his best mate Paul O'Brien the coach as the manager and um, Dave Lang the chairman asked me to be number two so I said yeah okay Uh, and Paul lost his first game I believe I think we lost 2-1 to somebody up north somewhere and he was struggling Paul was struggling to understand because Marcus had got this almighty track record they hadn't lost in the league the year before and Paul's took over and he's lost in his first it might not be his first game but it was certainly early doors and he found it really really tough he said Jim I can't do it and I'd promised my missus I'd never do it again and then Dave Lang asked for a, a quick and he said will you take it on for a couple of games and I said I'll do it for a couple of games Dave 100% will not take the manager's job but I'll mm. do it until you find someone and we went on a great one and we won the league and got promoted never did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, we even to this day, they still say we won the league because I think I took over on about 10, 11 games in and they hadn't lost a game and uh, it weren't my title, it was Marcus's title because it carried on from the year before and he hadn't lost in the first 10, won eight two or something and you know, Marcus left his mark on it. I thought, well, i 30 games here.
2: Mm. What step were they in when you took over, Jim,
0: officially as manager? Five, I think. Really? Yeah.
2: Okay. Hi, guys. It's Davo from the Non-League Treatment Room Podcast. Uh, We just want to give you a quick message about one of our sponsors, KitStop. KitStop offer a wide range of kit for all types of sport, which can be printed and embroidered in-house. Top quality and deal with most of the leading brands. Check out their website, kitstop.co.uk, or check out the link below. Cheers, guys.
1: So, yeah, how challenging was it, though, being at Barwell? Because it's a small village club. You know, you know, Dave Lang, who I know, and, and the, the gang that they have there are all local people, and you're in this monster league, because um, I think when I come and works with you, I think we're in the Northern Premier, Northern Premier. which is absolutely you yeah, had teams like your FC United, of Manchester, Salford, Salford yeah. uh, Workington, Blythe Spartans, absolute mammoth league. How did you just keep it sort of going? Because we we always finished like you know mid table or or thereabouts, didn't we? We never like sort of down down yeah. at the bottom, were we? Yeah. How did you just? How did you? How did you do that? Sort of? How did you manage that?
0: I think for the first time in a couple of years with with the, um, with the a bad finish at Atherston uh, and some of the people at Stocking Forward, to be honest, that didn't want to push on. To find somebody as honest and loyal as Dave Lang was a breath of fresh air for once that you're working with a guy that you can finish bottom and he ain't sacking you. He's proud as punch that you're doing well in the league that you're in. I mean, you know, as you say, Andy, you've got Salford. You know what chance you got against yeah. Salford, and, and what chance you got against Darlington, and you know we we found a way of beating Darlington two one at Barwell, and, and you find a way of only losing one nil to Salford, and you know it's it, it's brilliant, and it even failed, if you remember, failed the massive club yeah. around now they were in it, and um it was just Colin Burton, yeah. Colin Burton voice voice chairman, but Colin Burton was a very very good goalkeeper back in the day, and he played at Wembley for V.S. Rugby, so we'd got that on video and we used to get that out and have a laughing joke but it is a case of making it a family run orientated club with good, good, honest people around you. The clubhouse was great, changing room was great, training was great, you know, we used to do crazy things and, you, you know, and people used you know, <laughs> to say, I coming training with you and then, but it was a way of keeping everybody happy and I think yeah. when you've been put on the planet to be involved with football, especially a manager's job, you're, you're here to keep a lot of people happy and, and, and discipline a lot of people and I'm sure Scott Adam was an unbelievable captain yeah, and, he and he'd got the changing rooms on lockdown really you know nobody could misbehave or Scott would give him a smack round the ear and tell him the truth and we just seemed to have a great bunch of lads together and um, we still go out now you know and still have a beer now yeah. and, um, and I will say that it's the best group I've worked with for friendship camaraderie and you know go out for a meal fancy a meal gaff round our house and you know, and then you start signing your people. Like, you know, Guy Adlunds comes from here because he wants to play with his brother. And yeah, Rich Lavery. Rich Lavery comes <laughs> along and Mark Albrighton come along. So you've now got three people who've just had two years at Naneet and Borough that are willing to come to Village Barwell for because everybody used to say, it's brilliant at Barwell, it's great at Barwell. Yeah. So mm. we, I mean, we signed some good lads. I yeah. mean, we signed Evans Blake, didn't we, from yeah, you you did, know, May yeah. United Wolves. We signed... Uh, Tony Capaldi played yeah. for the Republic of Ireland. This Island. is my
2: next question. Is what I've got down here, Jim, player recruitment. So so you're someone who's good at getting players in. Uh, and you obviously, as just named, you had some big names. I feel like you've got a little bit of a nick for that, like getting good players in and
0: uh, and
2: getting them players in that you want for your
0: squad. Yeah, it's, um, I don't think I've ever been shy to ring George Best up to sort of George Smith from the Butchers. You know what I mean? If, mm. if um, you know, Leroy Lita. You know, yeah. he's somebody rings me up just last three years ago and said it's coincidence is Leroy is in the Fox as he's signing for the Borough <laughs> uh, within an hour I tracked his number down and asked him for a coffee and Leroy Lita signs for the Borough the next few days it's you know you, you have to understand these players they're all human and they all love flattery and It's such a shame that flattery and football go together because people leave other clubs for £10, don't they? And it's like, why why have you left here to go to there just to prove a point for £10? And Mm. I don't know. Yeah, but to to sign a player, I mean, my phone book's very, very good. Um, Some great names in Mm -hmm. it. But uh, it's just a case of a friend of a friend. I'll never never not say if he got his number. Mm. You know, and everybody used to say, how do you have the cheek to just ring that? You know, he's playing in the Premier League two years ago. Now you're ringing him asking, um, i just do it. I'll just ring and, and ask him for a coffee." And before you know it, all he can say is, "No, innit? Yeah. And then you move on. It's not. It's yeah. not what you
2: know. It's who you know. Yeah, I think that's the case of that. I but I think
0: I think it's it's got a bit a little bit luckier for me because you know I am sixty next week. So you know I have been floating around for a long time. So and I have been. I am a person that that's grew out and about, and you bump into all sorts of people, don't you? And you know it's it's just a football it's it's a family and it football yeah. and we're all in it and you know who's at the top of the tree Who's who's got the most numbers and it's even like now everybody's ring me. season starts next week you've got a keeper you've got a centre forward you've got a winger you've got this young lad ain't you Jim yeah well I'm going to have to put them out somewhere to to play football because they're 17 they're not going to be quite ready for an eating so mm. it, it's happening now yeah. to this today I've I've just loaned two or three out today but Name's biggest name is it in the?
2: Well, we'll save we'll save that we'll, for we'll the end. That. We'll save that for the end for the quick fire <laughs> questions. So,
1: uh, 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 did you at uh, Bar? Did you
0: enjoy your time there? Did you- oh yeah, I, you know, I don't think there's another club that have kept me in football other than the Borough. Yeah, um, I'd done nine years nearly at, at yeah. Barwell, and um, I'd done a testimonial for Nigel Junior, and quite proud of that, and, and putting some. Some good footballers out there to get Nigel a few quid and then I done a testimony for Liam Castle. Yeah. Uh and I was saying to myself, you know, the next person's me. Is anybody gonna do a testimonial <laughs> for you know <laughs> Jimmy like laugh and joke? But I really did want to just see me career out right at Barwell. But yeah. then Nanaton come knocking and um That's it, the big move. Right. Hometown Club, lived ten minutes away from it. Um
2: everybody wanted it. On Twitter, on Facebook, everybody was saying, get Jimmy Janelli in. Every single person. I remember it.
0: It was just so oddly to, when, when I'd, Barbell Anke got a game, I'd come down and have a, um, a drink with Andy mm. Randall. He'd invite vol- 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 me on his table and Rex used to tell me off because I'd got the wrong stuff on when I used to so I, uh. used to, I used to laugh and Chelsea's mum used to say, oh, not these Janellis you can't come in, you're all banned at, at the turnstile. When I used to pay to come in and <laughs> it was quite funny and, you know, to, to be offered an eating butter, it's, it's sort of like art string stuff, go home and speak to your missus, go out for a meal with your missus.
2: <laughs> Water um, and daughter again. Yeah, what shall yeah. I do? Shall, shall
0: I go? And I don't want to leave Dave because we, you know, we were sort of like doing a bit of work together. We was going out for meals regular together. We was going to the end of the season ballroom dance together. And I'd got a good, good relationship with Dave Lang and, and yeah. Colin Burton and the, and the women. It was, it was lovely. And
1: Really good people there.
0: Really good. So I'd probably say it's the most enjoyable of, of my managerial career was probably be uh, friendship wise, um, Barwell, um, trophy wise, Atherston, Stockingford, yeah. but mm. toughest time, an Eaton mm. Yeah. Well, let's that, yeah.
2: Let's get into it, mate. I mean, obviously, you knew what you was coming into, didn't you, Jim? You knew. So. W- w- I think that some people would look at the state at what then Borough was in and would say, nah, fuck, I'm not touching that with a barge pole. But you jumped straight in. So what were your thoughts behind it, looking from the outside in before you, you fully come into it?
0: I think I'd, I'd got a track record I went into a Stocking Forward when Johnny Douglas left and it was going to be in a bad place. And I, I thought I'd turn it into a quite a good, strong outfit. Um, one of the strongest around I don't think there's anything else I could have done um, to make it any better. Um, went into Allerston, absolute sunken ship again. Saved it, turned it into one of the strongest around, got it up to an Eatons level, playing in front of two and a half, three thousand local derby crowds. And then you go over to your, your little Barwell. well, um, tried absolutely everything. Crowds were still just going to be 200, 150. Used to be quite demoralising on the Tuesday night when you'd think there's eighty people here tonight and we're second or third in the table and um, and you're looking over your shoulder and then you're seeing your own town club sort of like just in the gutter. Uh, what I'd love to help it. I'd love to open an Eaton Borough, but I can't because I'm at Barwell and I'm committed and once I've once I'm with a club I'll give it hundred percent and couldn't really care less about anybody else's highs or lows. Um but then I don't know if you know him. The chairman at the time was a guy called Nick Hawkins. Yeah. Um, very strange kid. I knew Nick a little bit through football. Um, good player in his day, but he came round to my factory, my little unit, and he asked me if I'd be interested. Or oh, he's, you know, he said all oh, the fans are saying go and get you, and I said I'm interested, but I'd struggle to work with yourself, Nick, because you're a bit of a, you know, a bit of a geezer, like. and he, I gave him to do. He's persistent. He come nearly every day. And he'd sit in my office for three and four hours at a time, talking about what he's going to do and how he's going to do it and what money he's got. And, and I'm still thinking, like, oh, doing my own ground, uh, homework and background work on Nick Hawkins. And everyone's saying he's a dickhead and a fake and watch what you're doing. And and the borough fans around here are saying, mate, he's, he's up in, he's got the mic in his hand every Saturday, telling everybody what he's going to do. He's got great plans for the club. And so I say to the missus, what do you want me to do here? Because I'm on about retiring. When I get to 60, I'm 55. What about the borough? She said, go and have a go at it. She said, but um, be careful what you're doing. Anyway, it's quite sad, really, because I agreed to take it on. Um, he ain't told me the truth at all. He's told me everything he told me was lies, Nick Hawkins, to what the budget was, to what finances he'd got, to to all his plans. All lies, Um and it was only about three weeks in, and I thought, fucking hell. Hmm. Dropped a right bollock here. But, right, let's get going. Going back, my mate Dale Belford comes and knocks the door. You want me in to help you, mate? It's going to be a monster, is it? Cam's here. Ty Belford's here. Dale will be all right for me. Dale will come in. Yeah, Steve Inks. I like Steve Inks. So I go, oh, Steve, you fancy it, Steve? Would you come? Might be taking over the borough get on with Jamie Couch, my physio. If I take it on, would you become backroom staff? And I'm starting to put my backroom staff together, as I've just said, the staff are very important. Uh, they've all got a job to, job description role to do. So it's back to probably the third, fourth meal, and I'm saying to the missus, you can make the call here. Do you think I should do it or not? She said, give it give it a go. And I, I think even then she said, I'll see you in five years' time because it won't be smooth. <laughs> um Anyway, I'll take the job on. He's told me the budget's 22 grand for the year, uh, for the month. The budget was 44,000 for the month. There's nobody putting any money into Neneaton because they've all been burnt with Lee Thorne and Nick Hawkins. Now, I'm not bad mouthing them because everybody does the best they can for whatever job they take on. And all of a sudden, we go to Telford, we just beat Darlington away first game. I'm an hero because they ain't won in 20. We beat. I gate out here in the last 16 of the Birmingham Senior Cup. So I won the first two games. It's sort of like, wow, look at this. It's unbelievable, Timmy Ginelli. We're travelling to Telford and um, me, Dale, Steve Inks, James Ginelli, and I think it was Matty Rums and me, Kitman, or yeah. Ty Belford, sorry, and um, bouncing along just won two. It's great, isn't it? It's, it ain't that hard, is it, this football? And Nick Hawkins comes on the phone, the chairman, and he said, uh, how are you doing? You on your way to the game? I said, yeah, we're about 10 minutes from... He said, "What's the what's the team?" I said, "Same as Saturday Tuesday, just won. I'll stick with the same team. We ain't lost. He says, "No, you won't. You'll play so and so and so and so, and you'll play so and so." So he's put three players in his head into the team. I said, "Is that right?" He said, "Yeah." I said, uh, "Okay." Um, and I think I think one of us did it. down. might have done it. He went, <laughs> "Break it up, put the uh, down, put the, a bit." Of, <laughs> so. Dow said, You ain't changing the side, eh, hey, Gaff? I said, No, same side. And um, he comes bounding over because I think the number 10 shirt got ripped. So we got a new number 10, and he's come walking over with a carrier bag in his hand. And as he's got to the changing rooms, I stopped him in the corridor. I said, Where are you going? He said, Dressing room. I said, uh, Dressing room's not for chairman. Dressing room's for managers, mate. He said, What's the side? So I said, The side's the same as last Saturday. I said, The Darlington game. He said, No, it's not. I'm changing it. I said, You're not changing it, Nick. Go and take your seat up in the boardroom. I said, speak to me afterwards. Anyway, great game of football. We played very, very well. We lose 3-1. Nick Hawkins, minute after the final whistle, I want you, Dale Belford and Tom Bates, it was. Tom Bates yeah, had come in too, yeah. I brought Tom in as the junior coach to give Tom a bit of life in the Neneen Borough Lane. So we go upstairs and he's he's found his way into this boardroom at Telford. And Tom's come to me and said he wants you, and I said, "Well, I'll see him in a bit because I'm having something to eat first. So I carried around had me Telford food, and then Inksy's come and he's gone, mate. He he, he fucking sacked you. He wants you, and I said, uh, "Fair enough, he sacked me. Time to come and sack me in front of everyone." Then so then Dale said, "Should we go and see him, Jim?" I said, "Come on, let's go and see him."
1: Oh, what so, a team!
0: So, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so we walk in, Jesus and me Christ. and Dale. Poor old Steve sitting there because Steve's a, a timid kid and Tom's sitting there. They're both red. And I've looked at Nick, sat down and I said, what's the crack, mate? And he said, um, w- w- what a shower of shit that was. And I said, what was? He said, the performance. Never looked like winning. And I said, I think Telford will get in the playoffs. So I think I'll maybe win the league. I said, a good side. I said, that's a good performance from our lads. I said, it's considering we've only really been here. So like two or three weeks. Anyway, he said, I'm not having it. Um, he said, I'm going to make a couple of changes so you've fucking gone and you've gone to Inksy and Tom. Oh, no, so no. I felt sorry for them and I said, you ain't, you ain't, sit down. Dale done Dale, also Dale said, you're fucking idiot or something. Yeah. So he said, I've been waiting for that. He said, as chairman and owner, you're gone. I can't stand you, Belford, you're sacked. So I tapped Dale's leg and said, you ain't going nowhere. So I said, Nick, I said, um, you, need to, um, you need to calm down, mate. I said, you would be all right in about half hour. You need to come down and calm down. I said, listen, ain't a bad performance. Don't know. He said, need to speak to you one-to-one in the car park. So we're now in there, clubhouse till about half past eight. So I said to the three lads, you go and buy the car lads and I'll have a chat with him. So we walked outside in the car park and he said, um, what are you writing to that then, mate? As if it's a bit of fun. And I said, what? He said, always wanted to do that. Brilliant, weren't it? And I said, brilliant. I said, I don't think it's brilliant mate. I think it's absolutely pathetic that what you've just he said nah he said that will be alright I said well they're not sacked anyway I said nobody owes and fires my stuff I bring all my own and if, if they go I go I said and oh, no, I've sussed out now. you don't need me as the manager you need me as the commercial manager I said so we walked up to his car and I gave him a punch in the ribs baby, baby rib tickler and I said uh, don't ever do that again mate I said you're messing with the wrong po- person I'm not having that I said, uh, I'm going to work hard for Nuneet and I'm going to try to do best. Anyway, he said, all right. So we come in again. Another three or four weeks pass and he's he's got no money. So I'm having to find the wages through sponsors and friends and businessmen. So he's knocking me now because he's, he's not putting any money in. He's sitting in the boardroom. He's, he's having sort of like the time of his life, bottles of champagne and family of 18 in. And he's sort of like costing two grand. He ain't putting 5p in. He's he's hemorrhaging the money really from the club. And again I put on record I'm not I'm not blaming him because he was probably in a bad place at the time and he he's just having a bit of fun. And then we stand on the doorstep and he's going to he's going to put the key in and lock it up he said it's finished and I said what's what's finished he said I'm I don't want anything to do with the club anymore I'm off. So I said wow and he said you take it on and I said I'll take it on I said come down as a manager mate you've talked me out of coming away from Barrow 10 year testimonial next year and I i have ended up here. I said we've got no kit, we've got no floodlights, we've got no. we got bills coming out of zero. I said, "I ain't taking it on anyway." He got a bit shirty. So again, I, just just said, Tim Nick, you're messing with the wrong people. This is our football club. This is our hometown town football club. What's it? What's the debt, mate? And very, very stupidly, he said seventy thousand. And I, I took his word. I went back to the missus and spoke to the missus and said, oh, "I'm going to buy in an Eaton for 70,000. And and um, I'd, I'd got a plan. I was going to get, you know seven people in with 10 grand each and and I did actually. So I went back to Nick and said, get the paperwork drawn up company's house. I'll take it off your hands and I'll I'll run it from here. And um, I'd already had a chat with my sponsors and I'd got them lined up to come in if he ever failed. And um, he walked away and we took it on. So then my accountant gets the books and he said, you've done really, really well for yourself. And I thought, What's the really well? We said it's four hundred and sixty two thousand in debt, Jim. Oh, Jesus no.
2: Christ.
0: So here I am what? five five years later. I think um between us we've paid probably a fifty, sixty percent of that off. So we're in a we're in a an half decent place, chaps. So we're in a hell of a lot better place, but it still looks very bleak at Company's House because there's there's things on there that we can't get took off Company's House for reasons, tax reasons, and stuff, and it's like we, it looks really, really bad at companies' house, but it's not as bad as as what it is.
1: Mm. Wow. What was it like in terms of coming in and you saw players on big contracts, long contracts? Um, you, know, you obviously got a low budget, or you got sort of no budget. What was going through your mind, and what was you thinking of that sort of thing? Because we had Devon not so long ago, and he was sort of, he was he talked about his time joining, and he and yeah. was offered. A nice contract, a big contract. When Nicky Eden was here,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And it's sort of like you know. So how how tough was that to manage in terms of going? You know, we're trying to save a bit of money. We're trying to
0: do this, and we got. How difficult was that to manage? The, the story was, I, I've walked in, and let's just use Lee Davis. Lee Davis is on. In my eyes, three hundred pound footballer. I'll walk in. I'll get the thing out. Get the contracts out. It Should be around about three hundred. He's on six hundred. Right. So then you go to the next one, you use Andy Cook. Andy Cooks should be around 300 quid. He's on 600 pounds. And there's a pattern in all the contracts that they've all just been renewed around 500, 600, 600, 500, 700, 800. Wow. Anyway, I'm, I'm a small businessman myself and quite shrewd at what I do. And I look into it and it's obvious what's happened. Lee Thorn. Um, he ruined Kettering back in the day. Um, I've had a few run-ins with Lee. I've, I've helped Lee a few times and he's he's helped me in football. But he'd obviously doubled everyone's contract for two years, 18 months, and doubled the salary, um, knowing that he was walking away at the end of the month. So the next fall or idiot that come in, he's it, probably going to make himself look the fool, and he'd... It'd, the club up really the next uh, person which yeah. was nick hawkins which fair play to nick he'd, he'd, he'd read the script and, and and asked a lot of questions in and eat and get jimmy and jimmy'll help with jimmy'll help you and um so i'm the next fucking idiot to be honest to mm. to take to the i've always i've always said lads in in interviews that i took the titanic on and over the last four years, I've got it off the bottom and I've got it floating, and, and it's my job now to sort of like get people around me to keep it up. Otherwise, it'll go back to the bottom. Yeah, and it's football and money go together. Mm, and as you um, said, what happened with um, the Lee Thorne saga? I don't know what I don't know how we got the feeling amongst the camp, but there was ten of them that had pretty much down tools and said, "Look, I've just taken the money off the fucking idiots," which was I'm I'm, I'm the idiot now. Um, so, I was trying to say to you, good people, nothing wrong with you. I'd never blame a player because players sign contracts in football clubs have to honour that contract. So, I didn't blame any of the players. It was a case of how quick could I get the ones out that weren't featuring in the side, the ones that were injured. They'd never really report to the physio staff. They'd just stay away and say, I'm injured and, and I'm injured and... And all you can take is the word on it. He's on a contract and at the end of the month, you've got to find his sort of like 1,500, 2,000. And you think, well, it's killing the club. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd got probably six or seven of them to leave. Then I brought my own little group in. Um, so, so the six months COVID that the, the players got paid actually helped the club because I was trying to find 40,000 every month. So there was no football, but COVID was paying the... Yeah. the players and it helped me run down that six month period Um, on the back of if, if you remember we played Stockport last game of the season and massive crowd yeah I let four and a half thousand in didn't I which yeah. the police weren't happy with but afterwards <laughs> they patted me on the back and said well done because we took 95 grand on the day and we caught up with a hell of a lot of bills and yeah. we, got, we got all the supplies caught up and all of a sudden the local people are saying Jimmy's not too bad and Eaton's not too bad all the bills are being paid and uh, it was just the players' wages that we couldn't really afford so we we found a fantastic chairman in Adam Hayes Adam Hayes come in and he you know I won't say the figure but he put a lot of money into the club to help me get through that, that time and um, you know he's one of my real good mates now because he 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 did it for me he didn't do it mm. for the and Burry he just said I'll back you what is it you need and mm the pounds and pennies helped out massively and he got me through a tricky period as well so I put on record Adam Hayes if you ever listen to this you're a godsend mate and a good mate of mine and thank you
1: Mm. brilliant stuff so we're just the season just gone then let's touch on those times now with you know Nanita are back on track a little bit where where you're sort of pulling the club together bit by bit um, building a team building your own team the season just gone, Miss out on promotion by losing to Rushall in the playoff final. How tough was that to take?
2: It was humble. <laughs> yeah. well, right.
1: Because you've done so, you built a brilliant team, some really good players. You know, you bring in players like, you know, uh, just a name for you, Jaden Charles. You got Matt Stenson, Carl Storr comes in. Uh, probably missed a load more a there yeah. a lot more there yeah. but you, you've got you know, your team sheet is full of good players and you think yeah they're going to do it this year to get into that conference north so how how tough was that to take
2: just before you jump into it I know I'm going to sound like I'm waffling here but I think that obviously it's gutting that you lost out in the playoff final but it must have been a little bit of I can't believe that we've got, from where you found the club and where you picked it up to now, a couple of years later, be playing in a playoff final. Some achievement, is it? It's some achievement. I bet when you first stepped in, I mean, I might just be being really negative here, but I'll be thinking in my head, oh, fucking hell, like, is this ever going to happen? Are we ever going to push up? Are we ever, you know? So I, I think fair play to you, Jim, for it, but sorry to cut in, I have to say
0: it. <laughs> no, it's, uh, listen, listen, it's... Um... It's something you strive for, isn't it? Do you ever want to get better at what you do? Of course you do. And and, uh, thanks for that, David. Because, you know, from some Borough fans, uh, I call them the vultures. They're at every football club. Bank United, Real Madrid, Barcelona. (laughs) (laughs) Borough, and Atherston, you you lose a game and you're you're an arsehole. But, you know, that that game there, uh, because of the work we'd put in and the plans that I'd sort of like got myself and got my heart set on and I really believed we were going to win the game and yes. and get back to where the the club was when I took over um, but your question Andy is I've actually I've never felt so ill for five minutes really? um, I've never seen my body go into a, a a position it went into it was like something out of the space that I thought what the fuck is happening to my body here because we missed the last penalty and you know penalties you always question yourself have I picked the right five people to take it we have trained and done it um, and the five that we we that I pick um, every training session there's just laid back straight top corner top yeah. corner top corner no, nobody's missing I've probably picked one or two that probably I should have picked other people so I'll probably blame myself a little bit but at the end of the day we know penalties are lottery it's, it's been around for years and but the feeling i had inside i mean andy was unconsolable he was he broke down like um, a little blubbering kid but that's who, who he is I, I just had this feeling inside that i thought i was going to faint i thought i was going to collapse um and it's probably through trying to be laid back the way i am as yeah. i've got older to like that fuck has just happened to me yeah, you know yeah. i thought we'd win this uh, and i certainly thought we'd win it when we got to penalties and, but yeah, it's a crazy feeling, but I go in the changing rooms and I have to pick the lads back up, don't I? I have to be strong and I come in the clubhouse, I've got to be strong in front yeah, of all yeah. the fans. And, yeah. And then Jimmy Ginelli goes home, jumps into bed with his missus about three in the morning and and I have a good old cry myself and then she said, it, it affects you, doesn't it? Mm. I'm welling up now, it, it does affect you and... That gave me the feeling on um, the morning after. Get up and get on the bike and let's go again. Yeah. You know, you've failed, yeah. but you ain't you ain't finished. Yeah, have you still got the appetite for football? If I if I'm getting them feelings inside my head, stomach, and lying in bed crying with the misses, I, I still love football, don't I? And and I say that to the lads on a regular basis. Um, you've got to love football. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I think that goes back to just my introduction of saying how passionate, how dedicated you are that it shows what it means to you, especially in your local club as well. And you're, you probably came down there as a boy to watch games, I would have thought, you mm. know, and stuff like that. So it's, no, really, hats off to you, mate. Hats I, off to you.
2: I just want to touch on that though. Um So I'm right in saying this, I think. They got awarded a penalty in the final minutes of the game. Is
0: that right? Or was it? No, they got a penalty in the game.
2: In the game. Which
0: was saved, Which, which... Tony Breeding saved.
2: Yeah. 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 And then... There was, so it was a, I swear it was a handball or something, was yeah, handball
0: to us on the 90th minute. And they didn't give it? They, they didn't give it. Give it. No. That's
2: what I was on about. So it, I, 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 did I say it wasn't a penalty? I can't remember. I think, <laughs> well, I'll re-correct it. I've seen that and I watched that video about 20 times no. and I slowed no. it down. And I'm not meaning to rub salt in the wounds, Jim, but it was a 100%. You've never seen anything like it. Yeah. You've, but that's football, isn't it? At the end of the day, you can't, well, you're he, not in control of them things.
0: I'll walk straight to him, the referee. is only 23. Arrogant piece of shit. <laughs> arrogant, arrogant. Before the game, he spoke to us all like little kids, 23. Um, I actually said to him, do you know there's going to be four five thousand here today? Um, I suggest you concentrate. Not us. Don't worry about the dugouts. You concentrate on the game, young man, and get your job done properly because there's going to be some big calls and it's going to cost one of the other clubs a lot of money.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, the penalty decision... We all know it's a penalty. Mm. He's missed it. Um, he said three or four things throughout the game, running by the dugout, real belittling towards both both sets of managers, like as if he's king. Then I walk over to him and I said, please give me a very good explanation. And he said, oh, Jim, it's a million percent of penalty. It's, it's a million percent and ball, but I don't think he meant it. Oh, and I said, oh so it, so you know you've actually seen it. It is, and then off the yeah, shot yeah. going in on target. And he said, "Go away, or you won't watch the rest of the game." So that's when obviously the nasty side comes out. You say, "You fucking useless idiot!" You, yeah. you know, and you won't watch the rest of the game, Jim. Go away, and um, you know. Mark Grimes attacked him after the game in the referees room. Now, Mark Grimes, everybody knows, is a lovely no, guy. Grimes, went, and Mark, <laughs> Mark's just been fined 100 pounds. He's got a three-game <laughs> three band of the poor <laughs> fellas, but well done, Grimes, I'd say on that day.
2: Oh, I've just said hello to him just before he started. <laughs> Bless him. Oh. But just,
1: just to sort of finish on, as if you can, where do you see the future of Nanita Naneetamura? And also, where do you see yourself in the future in the Borough. Because at the minute you're your manager, you're the owner, but where where, where do you see yourself and, and the Borough in the future?
0: Well, it's a small business that I've come in to help grow. And um, I'll say to everybody if they come in the office, if you look at the blind on the windows, um, if it was stocks and shares, it's just grown slowly. Mm. Tadpole going up the wall. Um, and I think it's just going to keep going up the wall. It was a case of getting people to entrust in and eating again. Um, the town seemed to have been burnt because everybody knows I'm very good at sponsorship and talking people into backing the the club that I'm at. Um, mate, it was, a, it was a frozen shut door for yeah. two years. People were sort of like saying, well, they owe me. They'd never got anything, blah, blah, blah. But people, people believe in the journey now. And... Um, to get Stuart Elliott and to get Ian Cook to come in as chairman and vice chairman, and and you know, they're back in the club, they're back in the team. Um, thanks, guys, because you know, without their help, it was getting really, really tough. Um, the biggest thing that I've got around here now is there's probably 100 plus sponsors putting in five pounds to 50,000 pounds, um, but there's 10 or 15 blokes that are in and around the club helping the club. Um, you know, I've got a silent partner that's put a lot of money in this year. Um, he don't want anything for it. His lad plays in the same league as us. So we, he just goes to our him. and he said, listen, I'm just here to back eat." eating. We often have a coffee meeting and he'll say, you know, I'm trying to get new people in like Stuart Elliott, chairman Ian Cook. Uh, and this fellow will say to me, you're brilliant at what you do because I got asked to join Ian Neil. I got asked to join Thought I got asked to join Nick Hawkins. He said, but I just never felt it was right until I'd met you four or five times, and never did you ask for money. You only asked for help, mm-hmm. he said, and uh, you don't you don't take a lot out of it yourself. You don't get a lot out of it yourself. You put a lot in, Jim, and he said, oh, I think you do need some help because you can't do this all on your own. And behind the scenes, he's put us into a CIC business, which is charitable, so there's no nobody can take profit out. There's no super chairman or owners that can say, right, there's 50 grand in the bank, I'll take 48 and oh, leave okay. you in the shit. So yeah. we're going down the right route in the council and Marcus Jones and everybody want to back us and help us and it's just growing slowly and um, it's one good thing I've learnt in life and business is never rush anything. Don't try and get to somewhere too quick because you're going to come back down. It's it's going to come tumbling down on you and and the day after I had my me t- me tears and cry in bed with the missus and I got up and say to myself, okay. If it weren't meant to be, it weren't meant to be. But it would have been very, very hard. There'd have been another load of pressure going on your shoulders if you're in with the next big league. Yeah. Um, so was it a blessing in disguise? Would we have been floating around the halfway under halfway in that league or in this league, we'll be floating around the top six. So I think the Borough fans are still growing to love the place again and love the club. So I think they're probably gonna have more better times for the next twelve months the league we're in and hopefully we're fighting for the title in the playoffs again rather than down the bottom end. So it's just keeping smiles on faces and mm. and everybody sort of like enjoying themselves coming down here rather than saying, you know, yeah. it's crap at the borough. Yeah, do, do you ever think you'll ever take a back step
2: yourself though, Jim? Or do you think you'll always be involved in the neat and going forward?
0: Um, when I had that feeling on the playoff... And, and, and when I'm crying in bed, it's it's telling me that I still love it. Mm. And I think in this day and age in football now, I mean, the head coach is a massive player and and Andy Dillishan is absolutely top draw. He does sort of like 70% of the work for me, but uh, I wouldn't like to leave him, let him run loose on the managerial because he'd spend every penny, he'd put the club <laughs> in trouble, he'd sign 50 players and, you know, he offers the deals that, the, the the wrong deals and but his coaching methods and his set up style of getting us ready for match day is uh, second to none and he's probably got a great career in, in in football himself. He believes that and he says that in the changing rooms regular that he's only here for his family and he's going to be in the football league and I hope I'm there to mentor him because I didn't think one day I'd be sixty still in the dugout but I am and I think he, I'm I think I'm needed in the dugout for Nanita's sake, otherwise um, there's there's loads of different methods in the dugout, ain't they? Mm. You, know, you do your bit with your kid and that and you know, you you see you see yeah, you know, Adam and Ross, the rub off on each other in the right way, don't they? But yeah. they still need two or three others behind them. Mm. You know, it's it's a lonely place that dugout when you lose it. Yeah. And hence, right at the start, we said it's about stuff and unfortunately you know then Eaton Borough couldn't afford the staff and now we've got two physios we've got a junior physio we've got you know Jamie Capes looks after that you've Great got Guy Adland's coming here Guy's got a few issues and yeah, you know Darren Acton's in now so yeah, we've we, we got an, off, an awfully good experienced backroom staff that we can bounce off each other and and hopefully this is the year that we
2: can win a title. Oh, I hope so, mate. I yeah. really do.
0: Lovely. Um, it's been brilliant speaking
1: to you, Jim. We're just going to go on some quick fires, a bit of fun. You can tell us some uh,
2: some stuff, which will be cool. Um, you want to kick off? I'll kick us off, mate. Uh, try and keep them as short as you can, Jim. Some of these questions are hard, though. Yeah. And you don't have to answer it. Or if there's, when we've asked these questions before, people can't pick an individual. So they pick one or two or three or four. So, best player. This is a hard one. <laughs> best player you've coached or managed.
1: Joy Stanley. Yeah. I've I've heard you mention Joy Stanley a few times in the right. battle all days.
2: It's, what a guy as well, by the way. He's a, without going into... He's a, something to do with the Libertines, isn't he? Yeah. Pete Doherty. The manager of Pete Doherty, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable guy. Unbelievable yeah. footballer. So, I well. used to run around with a belly, but you couldn't get the ball off him. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't. Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> about... Best player you've signed? I'd say best player I've signed for um, stature and everything so It has to be probably Leroy Olito because he's he's he obviously played three or four Premier League sides, didn't he? And mm. yeah. he had a couple of million pound moves, but um, that has to be the name really, Leroy Olito from Nuneaton Borough. Yeah. I like
2: this. Favorite memory in football, Jim?
0: Uh, favorite memory in football I've had for you and I. So. Mm probably winning the uh, replay at Rushton and Diamonds for Barwell to take little old Barwell onto the match of the day stage and we got into the first round proper yeah. so you know Dave Lang and the gang I was so proud for them that they was going on match of the day even if it was two minutes
2: superb great answer I remember that yeah
0: I remember that is that when Kyle Perry scored that screamer
1: against us against us yeah yeah
0: it was weren't it for is it- Welling yeah Welling United. We I mean, yeah. could have had anybody, couldn't we? We had Welling United. It just deflated us and Danny Gaunt <laughs> lost the ball. Danny Gaunt lost the ball. Oh, mate, like <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: when you relax, favourite TV series or programme, what do you like to relax to?
0: Um, I, I love to watch any little series that floats around. i probably pick on my lad James and it's probably Wednesday night movie night for me and the missus yeah, and, and um, i I really do enjoy that Wednesday night, just watching anything really. It's mm. whatever series one of you younger lads put on Facebook, yeah. somebody <laughs> will say what you want to watch. And, yeah. So it's just a series we latch on to and then we move on to the next one, don't we? I try and cram it all in Wednesday <laughs> night. So start at half six and try and get it past one. You're still going.
2: You yeah, have <laughs> watched your documentaries, Jim, on like Amazon, it's of the football ones and that, like yeah. the Arsenal and the...
0: Well, I won 500 quid last year because I watched the Arteta one and... and I thought, do you know what? I think they're ready. Watching this programme, I think they're ready. And I was in there and the Borough skipper, Scott McManus, was having a point with somebody and he said, um, Arsenal something. And I said, Arsenal finished May United. And he said, you're fucking joking, aren't you? I said, I'm willing to bet £500. So I took £500. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a great, great programme for me to watch. <laughs> uh,
2: we've, we, well, I'm not going to say that we've had a little chat about this one, but you know this one's coming.
0: Biggest name in your phone book? Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, miss Miss it, Missing Michelle Kelly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. There's, there's some good names in there. I mean, biggest name in the phone book for me now is probably Josh Ginelli because yeah. I'm so proud of the kid that his journey has gone on from getting bought for around about £7,000, Coventry to Villa and his journey has just gone on and uh, it's just been so good to watch one of your nephews or relatives. So, you know, people say there's no good players from Nuneaton in playing in the Football League, is there? Well, people blotting. blind. Justin ellis mm. played for Walsall Shrewsbury. Mm. Um, he had a four-year deal at Burnley, didn't get on in the Premier League. He moves up to Arts. He's done a bit of, you know... He's he scored he's some great goals Preston Arts, by the way. Yeah. So.
2: And he's just got to move to... Pre- Was it Preston? It's yeah, just no? had a Swansea, no, sorry, he's Swansea. just gone Swansea. to Swansea. Swansea City. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he got off. He, he got offered to go to Israel, chaps, for uh, well over a million, well over a million to to go to join Robbie Keane in Israel. But really, that Masafahia is it in the yeah. Champions League? So he, he could have signed in the Champions League, sort of like a month ago. And well done, Josh. He's yeah, stu- well he stuck mate. to his roots and he's signed for Swansea. Yeah, what about favorite takeaway? What do you like to enjoy? Uh, I do love an Indian. Aubrey Yeah. Arbery yeah what? back in the day Aubrey ne- never let you down never let you down certainly put you on the toilet that <laughs> <time>. <laughs> uh, who was your idol
2: growing up Jim? I think we've already spoke a little bit about it haven't we really? Um,
0: no in football terms I was massive on Ron Saunders oh ok yeah I was a young Villa fan and I thought he was an absolute legend and you know and I, I thought Brian Clough was uh, superb I know the younger lads today uh, laughing joke I said to somebody the other day Brian Robson brilliant weren't he to, mm. to one of our middle and midfielders out here 22 year old Prince Mancinelli, and he yeah. didn't, He ain't he got didn't a clue. clue Brian no. Robson it's a shame <laughs> isn't it, but, yeah, it is. but Ron Saunders was very good Villa He won the yeah. European Cup so super uh, what about your first
1: live game first live game of football you, you went to watch
0: well I think it was down in Eaton Borough when I was about 14 um, but first proper game was probably Villa Norwich yeah um, me and Dean Aston got like two little tearaways mm. and Dean still will much watch Villa now isn't he? Yeah, yeah he
2: does he does have you got any superstitions as a manager Jim before games or anything or things that you do in game
0: or? No um, never never really gone for anything like that I used to like to say oh, I always have to be the first person in the building but um, because you, it's sitting and eating you do, you're not the manager anymore you're sort of like the janitor the the roofer mm. cut the pitch and Make sure everything's done, so it's it's not like you get into your office now and you're first there. Because I used to love getting there, and I've run into him again now in our Kyle story. When I was at Addiston I was always sitting in the changing rooms with the kit done, waiting to see if he'd be the first. And Kyle always used to try and beat me, and he he still does it to this day, Kyle. He still comes in dead early, and you think you're bleeding. You. I'm already here, Kyle, and I. <laughs> so.
1: What about favourite holiday destination? Where'd you like to go?
0: Um, Cyprus. Very nice. I find it really, really clean, tidy and relaxing. And we seem to come... Season finishes, we go there for two weeks and, and then we come back for a week. Probably got one more signing to make and then a piss-off yeah. again for another week. And we we'll probably go back to the same place and you think, crazy, but... you love it. You know what you're getting. Yeah,
2: that's it. it, mate. I know you I know you like a beer, Jim. I know I've had a beer with you before, uh, back in the day. But best teen night out? Best teen nights out have probably
0: been... Um, Magaluf with what the, team the barwell lads yeah um crazy little group crazy yeah. crazy fun fun only nothing nothing untoward but just if you want to laugh and and sit back and watch and I am that sort of person now as certainly get to the age I mean we sat there Saturday night in Leeds me and Darren Acton and we just sit and watch yeah. and, and it's just so nice isn't it that yeah. the lads are 21s and it's they're having their time of their life aren't they yeah. and it's, yeah. I really do sort of like enjoy that little and a, a great group again the lads always seem to respect the gaffer and they always bring me a bottle over and I just sit there taking a bottle after bottle after bottle <laughs> <and> <laughs> <laughs> that's one then, that's one you? yeah pick your best five a side team cool
2: that, that, you've, that you've managed yeah, no, that Jim? you've
1: like managed players you've had or coached
0: horrendous question horrendous yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: we've only ever, uh, ever asked one of the well Adam and well, Ross, Adam and, yeah. Ross yeah. and they struggled as well
0: oof dear I mean some of the players I've got here now are I mean yeah, yeah. I'd go with the back two of Scott McManus and Azir Osborne I mean there's a name you say in your phone book, Azir Osborne yeah, yeah. Exactly. you know Played in the Premier League, any And uh, absolute legend and unbelievable person to work with. So I'd I'd have them two at the back. I don't think anyone would get past them two. Middle of the park, probably Joy Stanley, Mark Simonetti. Okay. I don't know if you can remember Mark Simonetti back. We're going right back now. Is that Simo? Yeah. Winger? No, no, no. No. Middle of midfield. He used to play with your dad. Oh, did he? I'm going, I'm going. He could have played for anybody he wanted, but he stayed loyal to a team called the Nick Nick Servicemen's and the Manor. But, um, I mean, there's another kid I've just mentioned, he'd he'd go at the back, Chris Wilcox. Yeah. Um, Everybody said him. So, you know, if you put them three at the back, you probably wouldn't need a keeper. No. No.
2: Who's your your target, man, Jim? Who's your centre forward?
0: (sighs) Again, very tough. Very, very tough. I mean, for all the levels, everything around, probably Dean Aston was the best goal scorer I had around me.
2: I've heard it.
0: I've heard it. Yeah, Dean man's told me it. He'd put the ball in the back of the net if, if you know, he's very angry, but he <laughs> <laughs> used to have Mark Lewis and Paul Wilson putting the ball on his percent. I, I say now it's, it's you can't say it, cause Liverpool winning the European Championship well, them years ago, but, you know, my stocking forward side would give us an eating side a game now, 100%. Yeah. 100%, but, but you can't put the eras the together, can you?
1: Absolutely. No, no. Um, no, that's, that's that's it. But honestly, Jim, you've been brilliant. Thank nice. you so much for taking the time. I know you're a very busy man. Um, so I really appreciate it. And um, all the best for next season. Me and Dave are definitely rooting in you on. Come and watch a few games as well, for sure. So, yeah, thank yeah, you very you're much.
0: You're Jim. You're always welcome. Davo. Thank you very much. Andy, you know that. You can have a table any time, Danny. If you say can you can pop down and have a look at your side. Anytime chaps. Yeah. You're a legend, Thanks, Jim. Yeah. Thanks for having me on Thank you very much. superb. Cheers, Jimmy. Pleasure.
2: Jimmy, you're a legend, mate. Thank you so much. Sports Social Podcast Network.